This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Welcome this morning as we go into God's Word. Uh, we're continuing on the subject of how to be led by the Spirit and to hear or how to hear the voice of God and be led by the Spirit of God. We started this series because uh, Kenneth Hagin of Blessed Memory once said, uh, and constantly emphasized this rather, he said, what is God doing in the end times? Building strong local churches and teaching individuals within those churches how to flow with the Holy Spirit. So it's important, it's imperative that every Christian learns how to hear God's voice and to be led by the Spirit. So we continue uh, this morning and let's take our confessions, right, to start out with one to go. As I said to listen to the Word of God today, a door of utterance has been opened unto me and I hear the voice of God clearly speaking to me. This is the way to go, work ye in it. I listen under the influence of the Spirit of God. I am not distracted by anything or anyone. The Word of God is food to my spirit. I am strengthened by it this morning. It is wine to my heart, creating joy within me. It is oil to my face, causing my life to shine, giving me victory in everything that I do. As my eyes make contact with the scriptures used in this message, the Spirit of God opens new things to me. He also brings to my remembrance things Jesus once showed me. I come to understand God's system on the earth, and I receive instruction, encouragement, correction, and the enablement to live out God's will. Amen. All right, this morning I want to speak on the most authoritative way that God speaks to his children. And when we begin to operate in this dimension, every thought and every idea that is prompted up in our hearts by the Holy Spirit through the written word of God will always lead to some supernatural advantage. In other words, either a sign, a wonder, or the distribution of a gift or manifestation of a gift of the Spirit will be seen in our own lives. So the most authoritative way God speaks to us is through his word, which we'll call the written word of God or the scriptures. When the scriptures give us a direct interpretation of what is going on in our lives at that particular point, in time, and either correcting us on something we want to do or instructing us on what we ought to do in that particular situation. This is the most authoritative way. In other words, it's like God taking his jurisdictional hammer there and hitting it and saying, here is my judgment concerning this. And with this judgment, there is no force visible or invisible in the heavens or on the earth that can disobey this judgment that has proceeded forth from me. God's voice can be 
derived from a proper interpretation of scriptures. Uh, let's look at this in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 17 to verse 21. Uh, and I want to say something very important this morning within the time allotted here. First, 2 Peter 1. Now he says, for he received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mount. We have also a more sure word of prophecy wherein you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn. And we'll get the proper explanation of this. And the day star rise in your heart. It says, but here is the condition. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture. Remember, it says we have a more sure word of prophecy. It says you are guaranteed to hear God's voice in your own life for that situation. Once you know this first, here is the first rule. No prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not of all time by the will of man, but the holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Spirit of God. So the voice of God can be derived from a proper interpretation of the scriptures. And that interpretation will be prophetic in nature. In other words, it can foretell, tell you what's going to be the results of what's going on presently. All right? Showing you what is to come. Or it can even reveal or will reveal to you things that are hidden in that situation that you are not aware or conscious about. In other words, it will show you things that are hidden right there or unveil those things onto you and you come in contact with those things there. It's the most authoritative. It is God's power in operation when the scriptures are interpreted to you by the Spirit. But it's of no private interpretation. In other words, private means your own personal interpretation, which is the interpretation you want the scriptures to give you. So you go in with some preconceived idea and notion about what you want God to say to you, and then you enter into prayer and now look for scriptures that will confirm what you already have in your heart. So it's called prejudice. And that's one of the strongholds, in fact, major stronghold that pushes, all right, against hearing the voice of God. So you have to lay aside your own personal will. In other words, God, be it unto me according to your word, what says thou, Unto thy servant. And I approach 
the scriptures to hear blank, all right, with a blank mind, what you have to say about this. This attitude will bring more revelation to you than even sitting down under an anointed teacher. And I'll explain what I mean by that. An anointed teacher is there, but if the attitude is not right, you will draw your own conclusions, all right, from what is being said. I mean, Jesus put it this way in John chapter 5 and verse 30. It says, John 5 and verse 30, I can of my own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just or accurate because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father who has sent me. So I can go up easily with my own will and seek out my own will from the scriptures. Or I can go and say, Lord, what is your will in this matter? And when God shows you his will, it may not be what you are thinking. But as you begin to implement the will of God, then you will come to understand that this God is wiser than I am, loves me more than I love myself, and has a way better plan for my life than I could ever have imagined. You know, I was in Abuja recently preaching for a friend. And he told me, all right, I mean, I said this last year, this is a very powerful story. Uh, they went in, they were led by the Spirit, they bought a church. This was not them, in South Africa. And when they bought this church in Santinaria in Johannesburg there, they bought it for a certain amount of money. Well, they wanted to remove all the floors, the wooden floors there, so they could now put in, all right, uh, carpet and, you know, make concrete floors, make the floor concrete and lay carpet uh, for the purpose of the church so that for sound and all of that. And, of course, wooden floors, um, there'll be noise. People are walking in, everybody will hear the sound of that. And while they came to remove the wooden floors, the person who they wanted to sell it for looked at it and patterned. And while they valued it, the value of those floors, because these were very old floor, wood, wood all right, used antique stuff there, they found it to be, all right, more than what they actually paid for the building. So God knows things. That's, what it, that's not foretelling, but that's forthtelling. That's calling forth out of a situation. The prophetic does two things. It foretells, tells you what will come, but it foretells, that's calls forth things in a situation you were not thinking about. So when... Peter obeyed the prophetic word. There was a calling forth of that from that situation, which is, I didn't catch fish, but what came out of it, from now on you shall catch men. So there is foretelling, which means in 14 years' time, the future, this is the way it's going to be. Make your decision this way. But there is foretelling. All right? So when God created the heavens and the earth, and he was recreating the earth, what he was doing was calling forth things that existed in the ground that we were not aware of. So he called forth animals. That's forth, all right, telling there. You are, you are calling it forth. But there is foretelling where you are speaking about something that is going to happen. So the word of God is a two-edged sword there. It will bring out of that business, that career, that marriage, that relationship, things you did not know were in existence there if you will obey his voice concerning that particular situation. 
Because you may feel, well, this is what I want to do, but there are things that are loaded in this ground where you are. You may feel that, well, things are not working in this business, in this career here. I want to change. I want to do this. And God reveals to you the prophetic word and is forth telling and he calls out of that thing you are about to throw away, all right, treasures that were hidden inside that field. I want to look at how this happens. So there's forth telling and there's foretelling when we get into the prophetic. So it says it's of no private interpretation. So how do we get the right interpretation? Set your will aside. Go to God in prayer. Let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 1. I want to learn how we hear God's voice from this. Are you saying something this morning? Who is a wise man who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? So it's of no private interpretation, but we'll see. Who knows the interpretation? It says a man's wisdom will make his face to shine and the boldness of his face shall be changed. So if you are in any situation and you get the correct interpretation, scriptural interpretation of what is going on, your face will begin to shine and the boldness of your countenance will be changed. You become full of joy, no matter what that situation is. If you allow the scriptures to interpret to you what is going on, you will say, you will never say that there's a casting down. In the midst of that darkness, you will say this is a lifting up. Because forth telling is to call light out of darkness. The Bible says we take heed unto it as a light that shines in a dark place. Which means out of that dark situation that you saw this was darkness and you were cursing it, what will come out of it is light. It's forth telling. And so what happens is it will make your face shine and the boldness of your countenance shall be changed. Next verse. So it tells you, therefore, verse 2, I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment and that in regard to the oath of God. Do not be hasty to go out of his sight and don't go and stand in an evil thing for he doeth whatsoever pleaseth him. For where the word of the king is, there is power and who may say unto him, what doest thou? So you want to interpret what is going on in the light of the scriptures. That's what you want to do. What's going on right here in the light of the scriptures. Not that I just get up and I say, God, I'm praying this, I'm praying. No, God, in the light of the scriptures. The boldness of the countenance will change. The light will dawn. There will be a clear explanation of what is happening. It will enter into your heart. Peace, joy, and your, your countenance will change. All right, if you allow that light to come in, that's what David was praying about in, in Psalm 13 and verse 1. He said, how long, all right, shall I take counsel in my soul, all right? How long will you forget me? How long will I hide, hide thy face? How long will I take counsel in my soul having sorrow? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? He said, all I'm asking is, consider and hear me. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. In other words, let me see. Let the light come on. He says, and the boldness of my countenance will be changed. Many are praying for things. What you should be asking for is that light. So because once you get the interpretation of, from the scriptures of what is going on in that particular situation, joy and peace will flood your heart. And you will know right in the midst of it, you are about to walk out of something that was loaded, all right, with your destiny. The Bible tells us in Psalm 119 and verse 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. 
Psalm 18, 20, for thou will light my candle, the Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. So he will enlighten that darkness. This is what we're saying, throw his word. His word is a lamp unto my feet and a light. He will enlighten the darkness. The entrance of God's word giveth light. Now, when, once the light comes on, you know how to walk. You know the decisions you have to make. All right? He will enlighten my darkness. And he will enlighten the darkness through the scriptures. Now, here's the point I want us to get this morning. It is possible to read the Bible. Now, I want to show this. How to be led by the Spirit through the scriptures. But understand this. It is possible to read the Bible and listen to sound teachings from the scriptures for decades. Now, hear what I'm saying? Decades. And still not gain practical insight or relevant direction for one's life. So you can take the scriptures we're saying, that interpretation of it will describe to you what you are supposed to do. And when you act on what the scripture says, you will get supernatural results. The word profit means a supernatural advantage. But it is possible to read the Bible and listen to sound teaching for decades. I didn't say weeks. Decades. And still not gain practical insight and relevant direction for one's life. You may even attend a Bible school. Or a theological school and graduate after three years with flying colors with a distinction and then enter into ministry. Just give an example. Yet God never called you into ministry. Now, you studied there, you did everything, you graduated because of your intellectual knowledge of the scriptures in flying colors with a distinction. You went into ministry, but God did not actually call that person into ministry. And your three years of devotion to your Bible study, you never saw in the scriptures what you were to do. But you can be, do an exegesis there, which is an expository teaching on subjects in the Bible without knowing what God is saying to you. And I'll explain why this happens. And this is why people say, I want to explain. Why people say, well, how do I get direction for my business here? What I'm supposed to do from the scriptures? Because I read the scriptures, I know the scriptures. I know the scriptures, but it's not instructing me on what to do, which land to buy, which house to live in, who to mind. It's not telling me that, but it can. If we understand how the interpretation comes, there are two major conditions I want to just share this morning, and it shall remain with you for the rest of your life. Because without this understanding, dormant scriptural knowledge will be dormant seeds lying in the hearts of people, waiting for the activity of the Holy Spirit to call to your remembrance all that Jesus or God has told you, and those seeds will be dormant and never pop up to life. Look at what I'm saying in John chapter 5, verse 36 to verse 40. Remember, it's how to hear the voice of God. 
He said, I have greater witness than that of John for the works which the Father has given me to finish. The same works that I do bear witness of me that the Father has sent me. I hear what he said. And the Father himself, which hath sent me, hath borne witness of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time. You are talking to Pharisees that Jesus said, have the key of knowledge. Please can you pull up the scripture where he says, they have the key of knowledge. You are talking to people that have the key of knowledge. But he says they didn't enter in and they were preventing others from getting into it. So they had the key there, all right, of knowledge. Now, warn to you lawyers, for you have taken away the key of knowledge. You entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in, you hindered. But the key of knowledge was with you. Why do you think Jesus went when he was growing up and he sat under those folks there that he said they have never heard his voice? Neither of them, I says, at any time. Put, put that verse up again, verse 37. At any time. He said, not once in your life. He says, you have neither heard his voice at any time, nor seen his shape. Next verse. And you have not his word abiding in you, for whom he had sent, you believe not or don't recognize. Search the scriptures. And that's what they were doing. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. And you will not come to me that you may have life. In other words, that you may hear my voice or see my shape. He said, but you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. But you will not come to me to, that you may receive. That's hearing his voice. And we'll see this. When he said, I have works that I'm doing, he says, which testify me. Those works were a product of the voice of God that Jesus was hearing. For he had said, we had read there in John chapter 5, earlier on and verse 30, he said, I do nothing, I do nothing, John 5, I do nothing of myself. As I hear, I judge. So the things I was doing there were things I heard. He said, and my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father. He said, that's how I got into the miraculous. Then in verse 36, he went on and said, you see all these miracles you're seeing. He says, for I have greater witness than that of John, for the works which the Father has given me to finish. That's the will of the Father. The same works do bear witness that the Father has sent me. He now said to them, but you folks here, you have never heard his voice, nor seen his shape at any time. Not once in your entire existence. Right? So why is it that these folks search the scriptures and never for once heard the voice of God? And the voice of God is the key to the works of God. For we read John 5 and verse 30 here. It tells us, I cannot of myself as I judge, but the will of Father who had sent me. Next verse, it then goes on and says, all right, I bear, if I bear witness of myself, my witness is not true. And then it goes on and says, there is another that bears witness of me, and I know his witness of me is true. And then verse 30, you sent unto John, and he bore witness unto the truth. Then he says, I receive not testimony from man, but these things I say that you may be saved. And then he goes on and says, was it burning and you are willing to rejoice? First 36, he now goes on and says, but greater witness than this, we say that. So how is it possible? And herein lies the secret to it. And this is what I want you to get this morning. 
All right? Herein lies the secret to it. In Luke chapter 4 and verse 27, Jesus met with Luke. Sorry, 24 and verse 27. Sorry, 24 and 27. Jesus met with two folks, we know this, after the resurrection. And when he met them on the road, the Bible says, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all scriptures. Now, this is the voice of God you're going to hear and see in shape. Things concerning himself. Now, notice that those guys did not, all right, still know Jesus. Then verse 30, see what he said here. And it came to pass as they sat at meat with him, he took bread, blessed it, broke it, gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. And they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. Now, when we get to verse 44, this was his last encounter with his disciples now. And see what he did. And it was after he did this, he was confident that I can go. All right, sorry, verse 32. There's a scripture. That's, I almost forgot. Let's go back to verse 32. And they said to one another, did not our hearts born within us while he talked with us and while he opened to us the scriptures. So what Jesus was doing was opening the scriptures to them, but still they didn't hear the voice of Jesus. They didn't see it, they didn't recognize it. But he was opening. So that's what I'm saying. You can sit on that teaching and they can be opening the scriptures to you. Accurate teaching, but still you don't get God's voice concerning the issues in your own life or receive instructions. You can open the word of God and, and still you are not getting it. Now, see what happened. Verse 44 to verse 46. Then he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto while I was yet with you, that all things may be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Then he opened, then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the scriptures. You see, you can open the scriptures to people. And then you can open the understanding of the people. Two distinct works. One is done by man. The other is done by God. You need both, all right, in operation to hear the voice of God. Explain this. So there's one where the scriptures are open and your heart can burn within you and, you are, you know, and all of that, but you still don't receive, you don't hear the voice of God. You don't know what decision to make in the office. You may not hear it. But then there's what is called the opening of your understanding, right? Where Jesus, and put that scripture, it was after he opened their understanding, the Bible says that I understand the scriptures. Verse 46, right? Then he said to them, thus is written, behold, Christ suffer and to rise again on the third day. Verse 47, and then repentance must be preached. Verse 48, the Bible says, and you are witness of these things. Verse 49, and it says, and behold, I send a promise, tarry unto you and do the power from on high after the Holy Ghost has come. Verse 50, and the scripture says, he led them as far as better, lifted up his eyes, blessed them. And the next scripture, the Bible tells us that it came to pass as he blessed them. He parted from them and was kind. Now, the last thing he did for them was that he opened up their understanding that they might know the, understand the scriptures. Now, that's exactly what Paul was praying. When Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 17, he says that 
that the God may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened or the eyes of your understanding might be open. So if the eyes of your understanding is not opened up in answer to prayer, no matter how much they are opening the scriptures to you and you are now one who is opening the scriptures to others, you will not hear the voice of God concerning your own life. You won't have the instructions and you won't get direction from God. Two things have to happen. Scriptures must be open to you and then the Holy Spirit must open your own understanding. Where these two are in operation in the life of a person, they start hearing the voice of God. One is done by man. The second is done by God. Two must be in operation. I'll show you. And that's the key. That's the key. So Jesus sat under them. What, what, what do you think David was saying? When he said, I have more understanding than all of my teachers. So he had teachers that were opening up scriptures. But he had more understanding than them because God opened up his own understanding. That's the meaning of it. So when they taught him, all right, about the tabernacle of Moses, because his own understanding was opened up, he saw that burnt offering and sacrifice for sin, God would have not. That listen, this thing is about Jesus dying. He saw it because his understanding was open. Listen, listen. Not that it's a complete waste of time, but if we are preaching, and we are sharing the word of God. And we don't take time. That's what many people say, I want to do ministry. I want to do ministry. They don't understand that the real work of ministry is that travail in prayer for the people you are preaching to. That their understanding may be opened up. Or else, what you are just doing is planting seeds that will never germinate. Now, once we get this, and this is what must rest on this church in 2024, and it will be a year of unusual visitations here, is two things. The opening of the understanding, by the opening up of scriptures, and then the opening up of the understanding of the people, so the voice of God to hear. Now, if the scriptures are opened up, it's just like a child who learns how to pronounce a word and can pronounce it properly, but doesn't understand the meaning of that word, but can pronounce it. Acts chapter 8. So let's look at man and then God. Acts chapter 8. As well as said, well, if, if the Holy Spirit teaches us all things, then why do we need men to teach? You'll see here, men, the way God has designed this, men open scriptures, and then the Holy Spirit opens your understanding. That's it, in answer to prayer. Acts chapter 8, verse 30. All right, here was Philip. And Philip ran thither and heard them read the scripture, read, all right, and heard him read that an Ethiopian eunuch now, read from prophet Isaiah and said unto him, Understandeth what thou readest. I hear what the man said. And he said, How can I accept some man shall guide me? That's to understand the scriptures. And he desired Philip that he will come up and sit with him. And Philip, the place of scripture which he read was, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter, like a lamb dumb before the share, so he opened not his mouth. And then in his simulation, and he read that scripture, verse 34. And then he tells us, and Enoch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or some other man. Verse 35, and Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. That is the opening up of scriptures. But for that, those scriptures to change that person, the understanding of that person has to be opened up as an independent work of God, all right, 
which is an answer to prayer. That's why Jesus told Peter. He said, I've told you many things, all right? And he says, hearing they hear and seeing, yet they don't understand, which means their understanding has not been opened. That's what he was saying. He said, look, the, part, the mysteries of the kingdom can't be understood. No matter how much I open it, unless your own understanding has been opened up by God. So he told Peter, he said, flesh and blood have not revealed this, but my father who is in heaven, upon this, I'm going to build my church. This is where the voice of God is heard. So if you come into a service where the scriptures are being opened and your own understanding has been opened up, as you are reading the scriptures, you begin the voice of God is instruction. Why do you think the Bible says the word preached did not profit them, not be mixed? Which means a word can preach and there will be no profit. So a man opening the scriptures like Jesus did, but still the understanding of that man has to be opened by God. Without prayer and the direct action of the Holy Spirit within people, the word will not produce. Now, in closing, let me show you this again. Go to Daniel chapter 9, verse 2 and verse 3. It says, in the first year, Daniel understood by books. In other words, books that people wrote. Because you can use books to open people's, open the scripture. He says, the number of years where the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, prophet, that will accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. Now, many people, the books open up the scripture, and then they have the scriptures opened up, and they run with that. And that's what Jesus said, created Pharisees. Now, but look at what he did next. Next verse. Then I set myself to God to seek by prayer and supplication with fasting sacrifice. What he was praying was for his own understanding to be opened up to what he had the scriptures that had been opened up. Look at because of time, verse 21 and verse 22. When the angel came, the angel came through and said, while I was speaking, I'd seen the vision in the beginning, caused to fly and touched me about the time of the evening oblation, verse 22, and he informed me, that's the angel, and talked to me and said, oh Daniel, I am come forth to give this skill and and what? Understanding. This is a different operation. But the scriptures have been opened to him. I'm telling you, you can sit down in a Bible school and the scriptures will be opened up to you from beginning to the end. And you never. You know, once I was, when I was attending, when that's when they started, and I used to go from campus. And I made a decision. And I would not be in ministry today if, if, if I would not be in ministry today. Two of us made that decision. That decision we made, there were two of us. Both of us were in that service. Me and my friend, both of us were in the service. And Bishop Oedeko was preaching and just said something in passing. And I heard the voice of God. And it was clear from what he said. He was preaching on something else. If you don't make this rectification, you will not have a ministry in this country. And I went back and made the rectification. It was very humbling. He didn't make the rectification because he didn't hear that. There you can, look, many, everybody can sit under the same teaching, and that is needed because if the scriptures are not open, there's no chance of the understanding. That's why Paul, all right, in Ephesians, can get in that scripture. It says, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery there. He says, when you read, all right, you may understand. I think Ephesians 1, maybe 8, 9, 8 to 11. He says, when you read, you may understand. He says, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge, all right, 3, 4, good, in the mystery of Christ. The reason why he could say that was because he was praying for them that they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that the eyes of the understanding, so that when they read it, they will hear God's voice. So two things have got to happen. So look at this as we close. In 2 Corinthians, this is what uh, Paul was saying, uh, chapter 3, verse 13. 
Talking about the veil over. Quickly. Not as Moses who put a veil over his face, that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which was abolished. For their minds were blinded. Now, it is the eyes of that word mind and understand the same thing. It's the eyes of your understanding that is open. Blinded. And don't say, well, because I'm born again. My, no, 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 no. Or else Paul would not have been praying for a church. He says their minds were blinded that until this they remained the same veil on taking away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away with in Christ. He now says, but even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Now, all they could read was Moses back then, and all that was called scripture was Old Testament. But the Old Testament is not the part of the book you read, but it's whether the veil is over your mind or you have been unveiled. Because once the veil has been removed, whenever you read in the scriptures, you are going to see Jesus. Now, look at what he says there. Nevertheless, when he shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. So it's the same thing they're reading, but the veil is now off. Now, the Lord is that spirit. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We all with an open face, that's with our understanding opened. Beholding, when we do that, that word glass means mirror. Beholding, when you look into the scripture, if your understanding is opened up, you will be beholding as though you are looking into the mirror, the glory of the Lord, and you will be changed. The reason why you are changing is that you are seeing what he's saying there, and the change is occurring. But if the veil is there, you'll be looking, and you won't be seeing anything. It's the most authoritative way. And that's why people depend on external people come and tell me what God's will is and come and tell me. And the reason is because the veil is there. That's why Moses could put a veil. One the veil was that they didn't understand what was the glory that was departed. You are susceptible to deception if your mind is veiled. I'm telling you. You can't see the end of what they're telling you. That's why Paul said in 1 Corinthians, let me pull up. He said, in malice be children, but in understanding be men. Spiritual maturity starts when the eyes of your understanding has been opened. If it hasn't been opened, all right, brethren, be not children in understanding. That's that stuff. How be it in malice be children, but in understanding be men. And I put it to you. Anything that you hold malice against somebody about is because you don't have the understanding of the scriptures as to what God was doing in that situation. That's why you still remain offended. I'm telling you. It was a place of appointment, but the situation and what they did was not correctly interpreted to you from the scriptures, or else you would have known that when that person betrayed you, there was an elevation in your own life. You just didn't get it. That's why you're still angry. That's why he says the boldness of your future shall be changed. He says it will cause your face to shine. You see it this way, he said that's it. But there's a veil. Now, once the veil is removed, let me close with this here. Look at John 5, chapter 25 to verse 29. Now, look at the effect of when the veil is removed. Just read this and just read this now. Verily I say unto you, the hour is coming when the dead, all right, shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Now, you hear the voice, huh? Now, look at that. For as the Father hath life in himself, so he has given the Son to have life in himself. Now, it says, and he had given the authority to execute, all right, judgment, because he's the Son of Man. He says, marvel not, the hour is coming which all that are in the grave shall do what? Hear the voice of God. Hear his voice. Listen to this. And shall come forth, they that have done good unto resurrection of life, they have done evil unto resurrection of damnation. Now he says they will hear his voice, listen, and they will come out. Now, listen, just read this scripture and compare both. Matthew 27, 50 to 53. That same effect there of the dead rising up and resurrection of coin, but 
it, it didn't say voice. Now look at it. And when Jesus had cried again with a loud voice, he yielded up the ghost. And what was the effect of his death? Behold, the veil of the temple was rent in two. That veil over the mind. That's what he was going for. From bottom to the from top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and rent rock. Oh, sorry, rocks rent. And the graves were opened. And many bodies of the saints which slept arose. In other words, when the veil is rent into two, the voice of God is heard. Because it's only the voice of God that causes the dead to rise. That veil being rent into brings the voice of God. That's what I say. Step out of just knowledge of scriptures into a place where you're hearing instructions and getting God's voice. So once you pray for the eyes of your understanding to be opened, and you set your will aside, which means God is what you are saying, and what you are saying is power. What you are saying is life. What you are saying is far better than anything I could have imagined. Then you understand that I can be reproved. Then you understand I can be corrected. Then you understand I will be instructed. For he tells us in 2 Timothy 3, 16, it says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and it is profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction instruction in righteousness. So when the word says the word did not profit them, the prophecy could mean instruct them. It could mean correct them. It could mean reprove them. Save them from certain things. So for you to hear, you must come with an open will. All right. All right. Come open. All right. With a good heart. And what it means is a sincere heart. That is God I want to hear on this. Not my own personal agenda. You don't come to find out what will confirm your position, but you come to hear his own position. A true heart to know God's will, all right, that's, 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 that's sincere heart. That's what Jesus called a good heart, the good soil. You want to hear God's will. And if you arrive at a wrong conclusion, in other words, you read the scriptures and the prejudice comes in. Your soulish desires come in. Your flesh comes in. What God does, once you have a good heart, is that you begin to see other scriptures that contradict that position. And you begin to know that, look, this position I've taken, I, this scripture speaks against it. This scripture speaks against it. Go up to him in prayer. I say, Lord, I lay aside my will. Open my eyes. It is the Father's good pleasure to show you things. And nothing, I close with this, is more authentic. No voice is more powerful than when the scriptures unlocks the situation before you. In fact, let me tell you what happens there. And that's when even God can allow people to come and confirm the position he has given to you. Uh, and once the scriptures have been unlocked and you emerge with that light, everything changes. Next, I'll, I'll speak more to this. Everything changes there. Right? Once the word of God comes and scriptures have been unlocked, there is nothing you do nothing you do based on what he has revealed in scripture that can fail. It cannot fail. Any move you make is a move in perfection. Is a move in power. Anyone you make, it cannot fail. His word cannot return to him for it. It will accomplish what he pleases and prosper in the thing whereunto he has sent it. This is where Christianity is. We are taught and then the Holy Spirit. That's why he says you need no man to teach. What he's talking about is that man cannot open your understanding, but man can open scriptures. But you need him to open your understanding that you may hear his voice and that you may see shape or you may perceive 
That's why he says, because there was that closure, they didn't understand what they heard. Neither, neither did they perceive what they saw. You see, once understanding comes in, you start perceiving things. That's how Paul could perceive that this voyage will be to watch harm. Once something enters, you just begin to perceive. And you start, even your environment, you begin to see things. Because in his light, the Bible tells us, shall we see light. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you. And I pray in the name of Jesus for this entire covenant nation. 2024 shall be a year of divine visitation. Unusual things. Things that we never imagined thought or even conceived you have shown us that this is what that year and this 2024 is all about what no man's eye has seen no man's ear heard the heart of no man conceived we understand it's premised on we allowing you to open up the eyes of our understanding to the things you have prepared, setting aside our own will for you. And we offer up this prayer of consecration. Strengthen us, O Lord, grant us the grace to receive interpretations from the scriptures concerning what we're doing. That that which is deposited in the land where we are, in the very things that we are doing, will be able to call these things forth and at the same time, make wise decisions about things that are going to happen in the future by reason of the insight that we have received from the world in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.